Do you find it hard to balance your everyday life with your creative life? And do you have some goals that you want to achieve, but you simply don't know exactly what steps to take to reach them? I've heard that from several different people who have listened to this podcast. If you don't know, I'm Alan. I'm one of the co-hosts of God and Gigs, and we're trying out a new program that will help people to gain accountability and encouragement to reach the goals that they're setting for themselves and the goals that you really feel are divinely inspired within you. If you want more information about this program, just sign up at GodandGigs.com slash right now, and we'll get you in the list and start sending you information that will help you to get to the next level that you know you can reach if you just had the right process. Check out the show notes for the link or simply go to GodandGigs.com slash right now. And now on with the episode. Artists, musicians, and creatives of all kinds looking for help balancing your passion to create with your everyday life? Not sure if your faith can coexist with your profession? Welcome to a place where real artists discuss real life. You're listening to The God and Gig Show. Visit GodandGigs.com for show notes, links, and more information. Hello and welcome to The God and Gig Show. My name is Alan C. Paul and I'm a musician and author of the books, God and Gigs, Succeed as a Musician Without Sacrificing Your Faith, as well as our devotional, Your Art, God's Heart, a 21-day guide for creatives. Thanks so much for checking out this podcast. If you're new to the show, let me tell you what we're all about. We are a mission, a movement of creatives who are trying to build better lives from the inside out. We apply timeless spiritual principles to the temporary problems that we face, and we're trying to help you improve in your faith, your career, and your relationships. That's what we're all about here, so I hope you'll subscribe to the show so you can hear me and my co-host, Christelle Renee, who will be with us on future episodes, and make sure you don't miss anything that we have coming for you. So today we have a special episode, kind of a little turn that I wanted to take and look at what we can do to help us prioritize the right things, to emphasize our strengths so that we can do everything that God has blessed us to do. And so I'm going to share a little bit of a Facebook Live that I did a few months ago with our creative community, our public Facebook group, which is called the God and Gigs Creative Community. You're welcome to join that by tapping a link in the show notes. And on this particular episode, we talked about emphasizing your strength, niching down, making sure that you're the biggest fish in a small pond instead of a small fish in a big pond. It's kind of hard to say, but I explained that during this little talk. So I hope this would help you if you're thinking about how to balance things better, how to figure out what to focus on. I think this talk will help you to do just that. So I'm just going to dial right in to this Facebook Live recording that we did back a few months ago with our public group. Hope you enjoy. So today I wanted to share with you an idea as a freelancer or as a gig lifer, as I like to call them, someone who makes any kind of living from doing creative things. I wanted to share with you an idea around setting your priorities. And the reason I'm starting with priorities with this first call is because unless you have a priority, unless you have a goal in mind, I don't really know if you can call yourself a true artist because I don't think there are many artists who just start doing stuff and don't have a goal that they want to reach, something that they want to uh, share, something that they feel on the inside is really making them want to create, to write music, to sing, to dance, to share 
there's got to be something in there that makes you want to put this as a high priority to spend your time, to spend your money, to invest in it. And so the setting of your priorities really makes all the difference when it comes down to being a creative, a faith-focused freelancer, as I like to call it. So let's talk about your priority in terms of what's going to make you the best you you can be. What thing about your art, what thing about your talent, what thing that God gifted you is really all about your strengths? Where do you fit in in terms of making the greatest impact? Well, I would submit that it's wherever you are the most unique and the most gifted person in that particular area, that's really all you. That's not borrowing from somebody else. And we all, as creators and artists, we all have to use different people and kind of um, share, you know, kind of glean more information. We all grow from our mentors and our our teachers. So I'm not saying that we can't like borrow more information from other people and like make ourselves into a, a, um, a better creative by using other people's techniques and borrowing from other people. That's kind of what the point is of being a creative. But I'm saying that there's something about you that makes you uniquely you. And I'm going to wrap this all around one concept. I borrowed this from a book called The Unmistakable Creative. And it goes about, it says it like this. This is the, the phrase. I might mess it up a little. Being the only is better than being the best. And that might seem very counterintuitive when I say it's something better than being the best. But here's what that phrase means. And when I read the book, which is, I believe it's called An Audience of One, um, but it's by Serenius, I can't say his name right, but Serenius Real. It's got a cool Indian name, but I'll have to write it out so that I can let you guys see it and see the link. But basically when I read that book, the whole point was when you are trying to be unique, unmistakable as he calls it, being the best at something doesn't necessarily make you unique because there's a bunch of people, as we all creatives know, there's a bunch of people that can do what we do. There's a bunch of people that can write. There's a bunch of people that can sing. There's a bunch of people who can play. There's a bunch of people who can direct or produce. It doesn't mean that you're not the best at it. It just means that there's several people that do your skill. That's a blessing that we have more people than just us in every particular area that we can going to connect with. That's why we're here. But the thing is, if we don't make sure that we are making sure that we are the unique, the only one in a particular area, then we're not going to really focus on the thing that makes us the one, the only one. And I call this concept shrinking your pond. My dad used to say this a long time ago. He used to say that uh, you could either be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond. That's my dad's favorite phrase. And um, I think that I've chosen, hopefully, to get be a bigger fish in a smaller pond. And when I say smaller pond, I'm not saying that Miami, where I live, is a small pond or that there's a certain area that has nobody else in that I'm the best at. I just mean that I've never really been interested in being in the big pond. I don't think that being in a huge market in trying to do everything that everybody does is ever going to benefit me greatly. What I do think is that being the only person that focuses in a certain area and being the best at that particular thing makes me more attractive as a musician, as an artist, as a creative to the people that only want that thing. 
So maybe for me, perhaps it's piano and maybe it's a certain type of piano I play. And I used this analogy in another call back with our private group. And that was with um, using uh, the idea of playing for poets. I love to accompany spoken word poets. And so spoken word poets like, you know, have a particular vibe, a feel that they like. And then to add music, especially live music, the key is not to mess them up and not to get in the way, but to create an atmosphere around them. Kind of like in the church environment where we're creating a worship environment. But I'm talking specifically about poetry and spoken word now. I enjoy being a go-to person in that area. Now, I know there's not a huge market for people who play live music behind poets. However, that is something that I can say I honestly feel a a keen sense of uniqueness in that I don't know many other people who do it. I don't think there's many other people who have the kind of relationships with spoken word um, poets that I know that I've built over years and know kind of what they want to feel and what they want to hear. And I was privileged to be in an album with one amazing poet that we hopefully I'll have on the podcast soon. His name is Quick the Poet. Some of you might know him in the South Florida area. But I feel Quick and I have built a rapport where I was even on his album and that made me the go-to person. I don't think Quick considered other pianists, even though there's probably other pianists that can play rings around me. He, he wanted something that I could fulfill, and I was the one that I could say, honestly, I was the unique, the only, maybe not the best pianist, but I was the only one who had that particular skill set. And so what I'm saying to you, oh, you are a spoken word artist, Alicia. I'm so glad I glanced down. See, that's a perfect connection. I love it. So let me make sure I send that in right now. So you know what I'm talking about then. You know that having the right person in the area, whether it's live music or whatever it is, that it has to connect with what you're doing. And so you as a spoken word artist, I can speak about your, your, your uh, gift because I work with other spoken word artists. I know that you have a particular niche, a particular way that you deliver your message, your poetry that you know isn't like anybody else. And that's just one area where there's a very specific way you can express something. And what I'd like to kind of put forth to everybody is that you have to focus on that one thing and keep what some people call niching down. Don't try to grow bigger by growing wider. By trying to reach more people is great, but trying to be more things to more people is not. Um, I've seen this phrase on Instagram. I don't know who's who, who I've heard it attributed to different people who quoted it, but I've heard it said many times is that the best way to try to, to, um, when you try to please everybody, you'll end up really pleasing nobody. It's the easiest way to find out that you can't please everybody. It's by trying to please everybody. And that's especially true of creative. So I have a couple of challenges. I'm going to look at some notes. So if I look away, don't think that I've like forgotten about you but I wanted to make sure I stayed on track. I didn't go down any rabbit holes. So I mentioned that being unique is better than being best. So when we talk about establishing priorities, that means sometimes we have to say no to the good stuff. And let me explain what that means. Alicia says, you haven't gotten to the point of making, having background music. That's okay. You don't, maybe you don't need background music. I know several poets that don't need background music. I'm just saying when I'm involved, I like to try to like fill in that little gap if people need that. But let me explain what I mean by establishing parties means saying no to the good. There's a book that was written. I'm going to reference several books, by the way, because if you tell them a reader, I love taking the information and I just reshare it. So being good means sometimes saying, or being great, sometimes means saying no to the good. 
And the book that I'm refer- referring to is called Good to Great by Jim Collins. And he makes it very clear that companies that do awesome work, the ones that are like the big Amazons, the Apples, the ones that last for ten, you know, decades and hundreds of years, are the companies that refuse to do the good stuff. They say, we're going to be great at one thing. I know Mercedes-Benz has that tagline, the best or nothing. So they focus on only one type of making cars, luxury cars. That's all they do. They don't make any uh, economy cars. They don't try to do anything else. Um, and you, when you check out different um, other companies, they're going to say, we do this and we do this only. UPS is shipping. That's what they do. They don't try to do anything else. They, don't, they open stores, but the stores are all about shipping stuff and they all connect to shipping. So my question to you is, if you're watching this, is what things have you said no to that are good so that you could say yes to the great? In other words, the things that you focus on and then what things have possibly entered in that you tried to do in terms of being creatives that have not been exactly inside your comfort zone? Well, not comfort zone, that's the wrong word. It's okay to be outside your comfort zone, but not inside your strengths. So in other words, if I try to farm myself out and try to go into way more of a electronic production kind of area where I want to learn how to produce, and maybe that's something that's going to make me better overall. But if I make that my focus and I say, okay, I'm going to be a producer and a musician and an artist and all these other things, but I don't really make sure that my main strength is revolving around one thing, I'm going to find myself pulled in too many directions. And most importantly, the problem will be is that people won't know what to call me for. Now, I'm not going to say there aren't creatives like, I'll just think of a few, Will Smith, Questlove, um, Pharrell, all these guys that do a million different things really well. I'm not saying that creatives can't have multiple talents. Most of us do. However, there's got to be some level where we start to focus in on what the one thing that we'll be known for and then say no to the other stuff. So for me, that might say mean saying no to certain types of gigs. For you, maybe it means saying no when people ask you to do certain speaking things or doing things that are not going to help you get to the key thing that you are good at and that you will be unique at. Remember, being unique, focusing on the thing that makes you unique is better than being the best of a bunch of people that do the same thing. So the second thing I would add to that, that not only is establishing priorities about saying no to things, but it also means that you'll be attracting the right people when you say yes to things. So let's say an example would be uh, perhaps a photographer who wants to focus on nature photography, wants to become a world-class nature photographer, but you keep getting gigs for weddings and you need to pay for the bills and you need to do the wedding gigs. However, you know that's not where you want to go long-term. So my question to you is, who are you going to attract if you keep on doing the wedding photography? Well, you're going to attract more weddings because people see your wedding photography and they're like, oh my gosh, they're amazing. But your nature photography, people won't really call you for that. Why? Because they don't see it. Because they see you more uh, in, involved in the wedding circuit and in the event circuit. The nature people who want to use your work for nature and they want to hire you for that type of thing, they simply don't see you. And they don't know that that's your expertise. They don't find out because you're not going to attract them because you're simply not spending a lot of time and focus on the one thing that makes you unique. Now, is that a trade-off? Of course. But my principle is simply that whole idea of what you create is what you attract. And if you create things 
that are leading in one direction and then you want someone else to come, that's never going to happen because you simply created this kind of almost a vacuum where there's nothing for people to come see if you're not creating an area where you are unique. So it's really important that you say yes to the right things as well as saying no to the good things. And I'm very careful about saying no because I know it sounds counterintuitive again, but saying no to the things that are, uh, okay, I could do it, but it's not my strength, it's not my expertise, it's not my goal. It's okay to be out of your comfort zone, but not out of your strength zone. Let's say it like that. So those are the two principles I'd like to kind of put forward to you. And the third principle would be this, and I got this again from another book that I love called Essentialism. Essentialism simply is talking about doing the main thing, the one thing that you're good at, the one thing that you want to be known for, the one thing that's going to make the most impact. And I've challenged my mastermind group with this. So as they they might watch this later, they're going to hear this again, and I will be reviewing some concepts. But perhaps you have not really focused on the main thing. So the essentialism principle is every 90 days to pick one goal, to pick one thing that you're good at, one thing that you really want to get done and focus only on that thing for 90 days. That's three months. That's a long time to really be focusing on one thing. But what you'll notice is that the one thing is going to become a lot of things that you know have to happen in order for that one thing to be focused on. So that might mean for someone who's writing a book, Maybe you've got to put everything else aside and focus only on the book for 90 days. Maybe it's an album. Maybe it's an artwork. Maybe it's a marketing push for a particular, go- uh, a particular goal or a particular project you're working on. Whatever that particular thing is, 90 days is enough time for you to say, I gave it my all. I gave it a push. I tried to do everything I could around this particular project, and I gave it three months of time. And the reason I say three months of time, again, Because 90 days, if you think about it, if you spread it out, it does equal out to basically one-fourth of the year. So now you've got a good portion of time that you've devoted to that thing. And if you can say honestly that you devoted the time to that thing and it didn't work out, well, now you can move on and say, okay, at least I gave it my best shot. But if you don't, if you only give it two weeks, you only give it a week, if you only give it a month, you'll never really know if that one thing would have made the biggest impact. There's a principle that says 20% of what we do usually gets us 80% of the work, of the results. So if you just spend that 20%, 30% or so, I'm giving like, you know, around the same percentages. I'm just kind of like giving you like an idea of how much you need to apply this principle. If you do that, then you can see whether or not your goal is closer to being met because you've given it that full amount of time. So my challenge to you is what is your one thing? What is the thing that makes you unique? And are you really spending the time to make sure that you attract the right people, that you are making sure that that is the type of thing that will make you a better creative and more successful overall over the long run? And I'll give, I'll throw in a little spiritual principle. And the one thing, of course, if you're a Bible reader, you know that Paul talks about the one thing when he says, rather than that I count not that I've been apprehended in, I think it's Philippians uh, 3 and 14, but he says, there's one thing I do. I press on toward the mark. I keep pressing on. I keep pushing toward the one thing, that thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to push forward for it. And of course, the spiritual principle, of course, we know that's a God type of search. But in the creator's sense, it's reaching forward and pushing toward the one thing that you know God gifted you with that makes you unique, that makes you special, and not getting distracted by all the things that are around you that might make you feel like, oh, I have to do more of this, I have to do more of this, I have to do a little bit more of everything, 
And again, not to say that you can't be in different areas and be more creative uh, than just working on one thing, but one thing makes you unique. One thing about your personality, your delivery, the way you create, one thing about the way you see the world makes you unique. And that's the thing that's going to attract more of the people that are going to believe in your gift, that are going to sow into your gift, that are going to be blessed by your gift. And if you focus on that one thing, you'll find yourself in a lot better situation over the long run. So there you have it. I'm sure that that had something in there that can encourage you to do what you need to do for the next two weeks, for the next 90 days to focus on your strengths and don't apologize for saying no to the things that aren't right in that area that you know you can be the best at. I hope you'll continue to follow us. Once again, subscribe. Make sure you check out all the social links and also check out our free resources that we have for you. Regarding this, we have a free roadmap for you at gigs.com slash roadmap that really helps you to emphasize these strengths to find out what really works for you. And we've got some cool stuff coming very soon, some challenges and some direct coaching that we also mentioned earlier in the episode that's going to help you do the same thing, which is focus on what you do best. So please check out those resources. And until next time, I hope you have an amazing week. Do some incredible creative work and we'll see you on the God and Geek show on the next episode. Thanks. God bless. Take care. Thanks for joining us here at the God and Gig show. Please leave us a review on iTunes, like our Facebook page, or visit GodandGigs.com and tell us what you thought of this show. We'll be back soon. In the meantime, go create something amazing.